Have you ever wondered anything about the Holy Spirit? Who is he? What is he doing? Is it a he he, the way you think of he? Is it a thing? Is it a person? Is it a poof of air and, flying and around doing things on your behalf? Casper, the friendly Yeah, like, what is it? We, we get a lot of questions about the Holy Spirit and some of them are things that I've asked myself before. What does that mean? What is that? Can you explain some things further? Because I know, at least for myself, some things are obvious to me and some things I really have to think about or really research into because I, I don't even know the answers to it. Start with the basics though. Who is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Holy Trinity. Um, we, the Bible says, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. We're serving one God, not three gods. But God represents himself in three ways. First, as a loving heavenly father, God the Father. Second, as his son, God the Son, Jesus Christ, who came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And third, as the Holy Spirit, the divine paraclete, the one the Bible says called alongside to help us. That's what divine paraclete means. So you have, you have God expressing himself in three forms, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's who the Holy Spirit is. My father, your grandfather, would say that the Holy Spirit is Jesus in his unlimited form. How exactly is God all of those people? If Jesus walked on the earth and he prayed to God and, and appeared as though they were separate, not thinking the same things, not knowing exactly the same things, how are they the same? They are the same because Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Why would he pray to himself if uh -huh. that's the case? He wasn't praying to himself. He was praying to his Father. If he is the Father, he said, if, Father if they're one, how, said, how does that work? He said, Father, I know you always hear me when I pray. How does that work if, if they are all the same, they are all one? Well, they are, they are the same. However, they have three different expressions, and that's, how I think, where people get hung up. But Jesus prayed unto his Father in the same way that we do, but we pray in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't we pray in the Holy Spirit's name if they're the same? Well, because he, because the scripture says, says tells us to, to pray in Jesus' name. Without any further explanation as to why? Well, that's a good question, Jordan. I'm, I'm just asking <laughs> questions. I'm, I, I ask myself these questions. I ask other people these questions. I'm curious as to, I'm sure our people have questions that are even more let me, let me try detailed to, than that. I'm just thinking yeah. off the top of my head. I don't understand. Let, let me try to help you further. Um, God expresses himself in three ways. If you take water, for example, you can freeze it, it's a solid. Mm -hmm. Ice. You can, uh, you can boil it and it's a gas or a vapor. Okay. You can drink it, it's a liquid, but it's still water. He expresses okay, himself makes sense. in three ways. And God expresses himself in three ways. So it may look different in and certain Jesus, situations. Jesus prayed in the name of his father. He said, my father and I are one and he he said to his father, I know that you hear me when I pray. So if they're expressing themselves in different ways, are they doing different things? Well, they certainly uh, perhaps have different functions. Okay. God being the father over everything. Jesus being his expression as son, who is our Lord and Savior. And three, the Holy Spirit who was sent after Jesus ascended to heaven back to the father. 
Because Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you alone. I will send you another comforter. And he will not only be with you, but he'll be in you. So when that happens... Jesus in the flesh couldn't be in us. But the Holy Spirit is in every born again believer. So when Jesus ascended to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit Spirit down. He told the disciples to tarry, to go to a certain room, an upper room, and wait or tarry. Because he was going to pour out the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit's been poured out. And every time a person is born again and gets saved, the Holy Spirit comes in, Romans tells us this, Romans chapter 8, and bears witness with our spirit that we're a child of God. You cannot get saved without the Holy Spirit coming in and bearing witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. So I don't have to ask for the Holy Spirit? No, He comes in you when you get saved. So what's the difference? It takes up residence in your heart. So if He's there, what is the difference between that and being filled with the Spirit? Um, Well, filled with the Spirit is a term that came out of, of old Pentecostalism. Um, and they did not know exactly how to express. They, they meant right, but they didn't know how to express what they meant. They were talking about a different experience, and they were talking about speaking in tongues and interpreting back to your mind as the Apostle Paul taught us in 1 Corinthians 14. But every, every born-again believer is already filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, they may not yet have spoken in tongues, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit means the Holy Spirit literally came in and took up residence in your heart when you got saved. When you were a little so, girl and you gave your heart to the Lord, the Holy Spirit came inside you and flooded up in you and filled you. Now, you have not yet spoken in tongues, and neither had I the moment that I got saved. But within a few hours, I began speaking in tongues, and the fullness of the Holy Spirit was released into my life. But He was in there from the moment I got saved. So what if someone's at home and they have been saved for, let's say, many years, yeah. but have never spoken in tongues? Yes. The Holy Spirit is already there. Yes, He's there. He's been there ever since they got born again. So how would someone in that position, let's say, activate that? Well, many people have done it on their own. Many people have done it under the leadership of someone who already speaks in tongues or a pastor or an apostle or an evangelist or a teacher, someone's ministry. Uh, You're in in someone's service and they say, let's all pray in tongues, join in. Or or, or someone helps them, a group of young men help me to release my prayer language. And then when I kind of stopped doing it, then Lindsay, after we got married, she helped me to almost re-release because I, I stopped praying in tongues until after she and I got married. Then I started praying in tongues again. And some people, some people do it by themselves. Some people, when they're born again, just begin speaking in tongues. It's, it, it, it can happen a number of different ways. There's no, there's no set way. So let's say someone's at home and they say, I don't really see the purpose of that. I've been saved for years. Oh I my. pray all the time. Oh my. Do I really need to pray in tongues? Well, tell me the last time you prayed and you felt like, well, my, word, my words just hitting the ceiling and bouncing off and hitting me back in the face. I, I face so many situations in my life where I, need, where I need help and the Holy Spirit is my helper. There are so many times when the words just seem to bounce off the ceiling and hit me in the face. But when I pray in tongues, first of all, the Bible says that my spirit is praying, but my mind is unfruitful. In other words, I don't understand what I'm saying. But when I pray in tongues, when I tap in or join in the Holy Spirit's prayer, and then I stop and begin to pray in English, then I am fulfilling what the Apostle Paul said when he said, let him who prayeth in an unknown tongue prayeth that he may interpret. And when I interpret, here's the benefit, Jordan. Suddenly I begin to get ideas and insights and concepts and new and innovative ways of doing things that I just couldn't get in English. It comes from God through the Holy Spirit into my life. And that's the value of praying in tongues. Because the Bible says clearly we don't know what to pray for as we ought. And there are so many times that I don't know how to pray. 
My English just doesn't, just doesn't cut it. It seems to bounce off the ceiling and hit me in the face. But when I pray in tongues and then interpret back the way the Apostle Paul taught, and I'm not talking about the gift of tongues. I'm talking about your daily devotional prayer language. There's a major difference, and we should have a program on that sometime. Yeah, I mean, that's, an, that's another question. A lot of people get that confused. The gift of yes. tongues and praying in tongues, they're, they're not the same. Well, the gift, of tongues, the gift of tongues is one, and the gift of interpretation of tongues are two of the nine gifts of the Spirit that the Apostle Paul outlines in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. They, however, are not your daily devotional prayer language. Paul differentiates the two. 1 Corinthians 12 is speaking of the nine gifts of the Spirit. The gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, the working of miracles, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits, the gift of faith, uh, the gifts of healing. There are nine of them. Those are sovereign and are only manifested by God when He chooses through whomever He chooses. However, go two more chapters over to 1 Corinthians 14 and you find the Apostle Paul talking about an experience of praying in tongues which every born-again believer, doesn't matter if you're, if you're non-denominational, if, if you believe in Jesus and you're Pentecostal or if you're an Episcopalian or if you're a Baptist or if you're a Catholic, if you believe on Jesus, no matter who you are, you have the Holy Spirit in you and you have a right to pray in tongues. That's not an operation of the gift of tongues, however. Mm -hmm. That's sovereign. This is your daily devotional prayer language that every born-again believer can do. Now, like you said, every born-again believer is not doing it, but right. they can. And if you've never prayed in tongues, you can. What if someone out there maybe doesn't want to or... Well, it's not a requirement. ...doesn't see the need in their own okay. life. Okay, the Apostle Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all, and I wish you did. He did not make it a commandment. He didn't say you have to do this. No, it's up to you. I can tell you there are times when, as I said earlier, I, my prayers in English just don't cut it. I've got to have the Holy Spirit's prayer, prayer through me. If you decide you're not going to do that, that's strictly up to you. It's not going to keep you out of heaven. <laughs> you're, not going to, you're not going to miss heaven because you don't pray in tongues. Paul never made it a requirement. Neither does the, the Lord. The Lord does not make it a requirement. I can tell you, it sure is a great benefit to me and to millions of other people around the world. Here's another question that just popped into my head. There's a song that we sing, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. So you're welcome here. We, we want you here. Come here. Well, what is the difference in that waiting for him to come here well, I versus think that, he's already in us? Now, this is just my opinion, okay? I'll give you just my opinion. I think what that song is endeavoring to do is to say, Holy Spirit, we want your presence. Okay, what's the difference between your presence if he's already there? Well, he's talking about a, I believe, this is my opinion now, I believe that song is speaking of a corporate presence. Uh, there's one thing to have the Holy Spirit in you. There's another thing in a service to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'll give you an example. I was just in Canada preaching at a great church in Toronto. And we all began to pray in tongues. And suddenly there was a presence that filled the room. You could, it's almost like you could cut it with a knife. That presence wasn't there in the same level, at the same level, mm -hmm. before we began to pray in tongues. But the whole congregation, we all began to pray in tongues, and a presence filled the room. I think that's the essence of what that song, yeah, again, I say that's my opinion. That's what I believe that song is, is saying, Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome mm -hmm. in this place. I think it's a, a heartfelt desire of, of us who sing to want the presence of God to be in the room. So, have you ever been in a service or, or something where that, something similar happens, where you, you can physically feel the room change. You don't see anything necessarily, but I know I've been in a situation where you, you just, you feel it there. 
What exactly are you feeling? You're feeling the presence of God. What is that? How do you describe the presence, presence of God? Of the, yeah, how do you describe I, a something that you can physically feel but you can't see? <laughs> well, you feel the wind blow, but you can't see it. <laughs> but you can see the trees moving, so you you have yeah. something. And you can to see, see the effect on people's lives. You can lives. see the effect, but how do you how do you describe something like that to someone who's never experienced that? Uh, come into a Holy Ghost service. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not a very good answer. It's a good answer, but didn't exactly give the description I was hoping for. <laughs> I'll let it slide this one time. Just this once, I'll let it slide. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We have a special offer available for you. Just click on the link for more information. If you are blessed by this podcast, tell someone about the Place for Miracles and spread the healing, saving good news of Jesus with others.